Do you want to be a psychopath? Well, how to be a psychopath is not the book for you. That doesn't make much sense. Look, instead of psychopaths getting inside the heads of normal people, it's now time normal people got inside the heads of psychopaths so they can understand the manipulation and the coercion so that they can begin to deal with the toxic influences in their life in real and practical ways. Hello, my name's Adam Jacobs. I'm a comedian, teacher, student of psychology and counselling. I'm a Tasmanian. And this is a series of podcasts where I read the book How to Be a Psychopath to you for free. So here it is, preamble and chapter one, How to Be a Psychopath, a field guide, psychopath from Greek psyche mind and pathos suffering. Page one, forward. My mother was at Port Arthur on April 28, 1996, when a gunman killed 35 people. Her career as an education officer ended and she has lived with post-traumatic stress disorder for 25 years. She has a low tolerance for a kind of bedside manner she would describe as beating around the bush. She knows the importance of the relationship she has with her therapists and she also knows what works for her. She has a wicked sense of humour and is my inspiration. Not surprisingly, I come to you as an ex-teacher who went back to school to study psychology and counselling and I go to pubs and I tell jokes to strangers about being a Tasmanian. The apple didn't fall far from the tree. So I created a guide, removed all the bush beating and was left with a joke. I discovered there were two ways to approach this. Either way requires intent. This is the joke. No one intends to be a psychopath. The tragedy of circumstances, bewildering neglect, loveless isolation, etc. collide to create developmental problems for individuals who then develop a strange relationship with the world. This is the harsh reality behind the joke. This guide acknowledges the joke to enable straightforward explanations, straight-talking directions, guiding non-psychopaths, such as you might be, out of ignorance. In other words, incongruent with the title, this guide is for victims, victims of psychopathic abusers, and victims of psychopathic teachers. Entirely inconsistent with the title, I expect this guide will be meaningless for the fully realised psychopath. Turning the page. There are two ways to create a guide for psychopaths. One, how to become one, and two, how not to become one. It has been my experience that manipulation is confounding or confusing, I've written here, Victims feel stupid for being tricked and perpetrators do not understand the self-destructive consequences of their actions. It therefore made sense to focus on how to become a psychopath. The victim can see what motivates a psychopath in practical terms and the budding psychopath can realise what freedoms they must surrender towards their self-destruction. In this way, it should be a user's guide If you yourself exhibit behaviours that cause you to question your social effectiveness, you may be displaying psychopathological tendencies. This guide will then allow you to explore your dysfunction towards self-destruction or, more harmoniously, 
explore it towards acceptance, awareness, reimagining, and inner peace. This is a companion work to Daughter Talk. It is an abridged, cut-to-the-chase repackaging. Daughter Talk is a meditation, like a wave. It's a ride. It washes over you and sparks your imagination towards cosmic awareness. This guide puts aside big questions such as, Who am I? And answers more practical questions such as, How could I have been so stupid? It exists to give you a heads up as the psychopaths approach. They are more prevalent than we like to admit. Adam Jacobs. Contents. Sophistication is chapter one. Ego. Then seen and heard. Gaslighting. Oh, that's a good one. Happiness. Possession. Empathy. Of course, can't talk about psychopaths and not mention empathy. Sycophant. And the big ticket item. Narcissism. Narcissism should be the last chapter. Oh, there's more preamble. Dear reader, you may be mistaken. If you think this instruction manual is dangerous or it may bestow irreversible psychological reprogramming, you are mistaken. For that, you should read my other book, Daughter Talk. <laughs> there's a bit of a joke there. Anyway, this guide is a prevention is better than rescue package. A gift to you to ensure you are not tricked, duped, beguiled, manoeuvred, manipulated, and done dastardly to. The do not read sections of this book work as an aside from me to you, from one outsider to another. By outsider, I mean someone who is not seeking to become a psychopath, but rather wants to understand them. From one outsider to another, do not fear potential psychopaths reading this manual to advance their entry into Disturbia will not be rewarded. This revelatory work will provide them with, subliminally, with self-awareness. And the self-aware do not a good psychopath make. Daughter Talk is a meditation. This is a guidebook and I will therefore be using chapters. Hopefully this will help you to refine your desperate search for answers. To the psychopaths, the temptation to read the do not read sections will be overwhelming. So I strongly suggest you turn back now. Ask yourself, do I want to cease being the center of my own universe? Do I want to stop believing my anger is justified? Start looking in the mirror and be joyful regardless Begin appreciating the consequences of an unpredictable world. Love, love, trust, trust, and stop believing. You might have been wrong once, but you were mistaken. You have been warned. Chapter 1, Sophistication. To all budding psychopaths, first you must consider sophistication. I am not referring to organisation. There's a good chance you have plenty of that in surplus. It was once suggested that sociopaths are more organised than psychopaths, but today, neither term is used in a formal capacity and are more or less interchangeable. For the purposes of this guide, a psychopath is understood to be a person hardwired to be maladaptive. Keep that in the back of your mind as you read. Or in other words, they have learnt to exploit other people to help maintain their conception of reality. Predominantly, the exploitation must satisfy the 
psychopaths urge to maintain their unsophisticated, unsophisticated appreciation of reality. They rely on others to dumb it down. The well-adjusted person is self-aware, but not necessarily a master of self. Not, it's not necessary to be a master of self. Ironically, they are aware of a self they do not recall acquiring in this way. Well-adjusted people are highly sophisticated. In other words, they have a self that is informed by attachment. If you are a psychopath, the concept of attachment will be discombobulating. If you are not a psychopath, you will remember the loving embrace of family, the mentorship of significant carers, the validation and support given by extended family. You will also remember the comforts of the nest, a home where your heart is. You might also remember significant moments of pain filled with turmoil through which you were guided, then challenged by people who love you and empathize. You may have also been let down by the ones you love. You may have been betrayed. You may have been misled. However, through thick and thin, you were guided towards developing perspective and were an active member of a supportive network. This is how you acquired attachment. In other words, attachment describes the bonding process that happens in childhood that means you will be socially viable. That's a key term of phrase. Socially viable. During attachment phases, the self is formed or powerfully informed. This self is multidimensional and consists of tools you acquired indirectly. It is something like osmosis. You do not recall how the lessons of jealousy, gratitude, or even love were taught. You may recall events and significant moments that helped reinforce these characteristics. However, the imprinting of these character qualities happened over time with the assistance of repeat exposure, happening in a well-adjusted environment that was both challenging and loving. Collectively, these characteristics are known as self, the skinny version of it that you use for first impressions and general socialising, is known as personality. In this way, I refer to your reasonably well-adjusted person self-development as sophisticated. The psychopath is not sophisticated. The task, therefore, is considerable if you are a reasonably well-adjusted person and you want to de-evolve into a psychopath. Yes, the task is considerable. To unlearn the nuances of your self and its development is a titanic endeavour. It is something like trying to unstain a piece of timber. The psychopath is a raw piece of timber that will decay in the harsh environment of a reality informed by the laws of the physical universe unless they coerce other people to provide protection. They fail to make attachments or to make bonds that were developmentally meaningful. Their childhood was lonely and affectionless. They did not acquire their sense of self indirectly or unconsciously as you did. Instead, they became expert mimics. Late in development, once they were forced into socially dynamic environments such as junior school, the budding psychopath will begin to observe. They will observe the rewards various behaviours attract. In terms of reward, the psychopath will be deeply aroused by any activity that attracts 
the greatest social validation. And once again, very important term, social validation or viability. Do not read the first of the do not read sections. Psychopaths, please don't listen to this next section. You too are an expert observer. I'm talking to reasonably well-adjusted people now. You have been trained, however, to be rewarded by your observations with a reflection semi-consciously. You're not desperately seeking the reflection. The expert level observer is one who receives a reflection of themselves from others in a social setting reflexively and, unlike the psychopath, not earnestly. In other words, this reflection can be compared to an adjustable sense of self. Subtle changes are made to enable greater social effectiveness. For the psychopath, however, the reflection exists to re-establish their entire sense of self repeatedly. Like a sonar from a stable and centralised position, a well-adjusted person sends out a signal that is reflected back. The sonar provides data that may or may not be of value socially. The psychopath makes observations like a periscope that looks out across the surface of things. In this way, imagine the periscope has no sense of a centre. Imagine a periscope that is looking for information so it can define what it is. It can define itself. In the process, it feels unstable and decentralised. This leaves the psychopath, the sufferer, with a painful, hollow feeling inside. It is a peculiar situation. The periscope was never taught to see the submarine it is supported by. Like a bower bird decorating its nest, the psychopath must enthusiastically collect behaviours that return the greatest social reward. In this way, the psychopath enters an exclusive charm school. They are the only student and their teacher is society or the reflection it gets from society. Therefore, they will pick and choose the components of their self and an oversimplified self will emerge, essentially unsophisticated. They will tune into a situation, assess the social activity, evaluate their reactions and apply a social viability rating. Significantly over time, this process becomes intuitive. The psychopath will then develop clear boundaries. Within the boundary is a limited set of behaviours that reinforce a fundamental, oversimplified understanding of social viability. They paint with primary colours that they have not learnt to blend together. Outside the boundary, however, are the blended shades or the subtleties of the human condition. They are unfamiliar to the psychopath. The psychopath forced into this zone where reasonably well-adjusted personalities reside will be seen to lose touch with reality. Do not read. If you're a psychopath, do not listen. For all animals, survival is paramount. For humans, however, the drive to survive is a consequence of a more refined urge. We are seekers of social viability. Here we go. This is my bit about social viability. It is not sufficient to explain human self-development 
by suggesting it is a knee-jerk reaction, survival imperative. Self is not some knee-jerk survival imperative. For the purpose of this guide, an appreciation of survival begins by prioritising social viability. It is more accurate to suggest that our bio-organisation is a manifestation of survival, a drive to ensure its organisation therefore describes for human beings the active ingredient of survival. Social viability is a phrase that exists then to characterise the human expression of the survival instinct. Simply, it means we prioritise the social positioning of our self towards the creation of babies. We feel it intensely because of babies. Psychopaths feel it intensely because they are babies. Psychopaths are masters, master manipulators using a restricted number of tools. And when you have a restricted number of tools available to you, it's easier to be the master of them. Their strategies are beguiling. However, this must not be confused with complicated. The psychopath is ultimately unsophisticated. They are PhD standard manipulators because they wrote the curriculum. They were the teacher and the student. They distilled the measures of success, which must be oversimplified and me-orientated. They are masters of a limited set of skills. The truth is, and it is a dangerous reality, psychopaths have very low stress tolerance. Once it is reached, they can become dangerous. They may apply corrections that are swift and brutal. They have learnt to manipulate others because they believe the unpredictable nature of the world is managed by asking others to stabilise the world for them. Therefore, wannabe psychopaths must stop moderating their internal responses to the world. This type of self-awareness that allows for forgiveness, conciliation and empathy is too sophisticated. The skinny, this is a section in each chapter where I break it down, what the chapter's about. In fact, you can flick through the whole book and just read the skinnies if you like. The skinny, the psychopath's ability to manipulate is powerful, but limited. You must be good at painting self-portraits using only primary colours. The effect can be striking. Remember, the psychopath's inability to paint others using shades and texturing places considerable limits on their self-expression. Your bold representations of yourself may be compelling, but like the images stuck on the fridge drawn by a three-year-old. And end of every chapter, I very briefly break down what the central lesson is. How to be a psychopath lesson one. When it comes to sophistication, less is more. And more is self-destructive.